So, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the next Catch Put a Podcast. Unfortunately, our guest had to cancel this week, last minute, so it's just Shadow and myself, but we have a lot to talk about, I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, we've got two weeks of dev blogs, <laughs> uh, a few other little bits of news as well, so plenty to cover. And I guess we can start with the camera improvements, which are in a closed test right now. So basically, I just want to change a little bit how, how the camera works. And the most important part for me personally is that they they want to allow you to switch between like the spotting aircraft view and the current uh, the normal view when the aircraft is active. So you don't have to use like the, the more drop down view while using the spotting aircraft, which is amazing. Yeah, that's that's going to be a welcome change for a lot of people. Um, I, I wonder how much of this is driven by people, uh, you know, like user feedback over the years, and how much is is looking at. I mean, like what are tanks, for instance, the artillery view. You know, that's been around for a while now, where you can press a key and have a shifted view. And I think even um, oh, uh, uh, armored warfare did that, if I'm remembering correctly, but. Uh, yeah, this notion of having different camera modes is, is not really a new idea for this type of game. It's just it's nice it's coming to warships now. Because I know a lot of people do struggle with using the, the spotter plane view. Yeah, basically, I never take the spotter plane because like the, there are certain situations where it's useful. But I've been in a situation where like, you use it and then a ship closer gets spotted. And if this, the, the angle screws you over while aiming at close range. And that you can just on demand switch it is, you know. I would have been happy if you could just cancel the spotter plane. If you can switch the site, it's obviously even better than this. But if you could just deactivate the spotter plane when you want, it would have also just been. True. Fine, you fine. can turn off a defensive early. Can you do it with a hydro? I never tried with a hydro. I don't think so. I mean, I guess no, there's I no point. Be able to. You can only turn off the defensive by turning off your like secondaries and AA guns. So yeah. I suppose that's a unique case. I mean, there's usually oh, not much reason to turn it. Well, I guess if you could turn it off earlier, you could go through a cooldown sooner if you needed to. Yeah, that's that's the only real real reason why you would. But uh, I mean, it's the same with the spot plane, though. Sometimes you would like to get that extra twenty or thirty seconds ahead, uh, but you don't really have the choice because the spotter plane cooldown is quite long for the vast majority of ships. There's very few ships that have any kind of quicker cooldown. Like Lazo's the only one that mm -hmm. comes to mind. Yeah, it's something that I just tried with one ship, right? The more on-demand spotter plane with a short duration and a short cooldown. Where you can use it more exactly when you need. I think the only other one that comes to mind that's got... Um, I mean, doesn't, doesn't Yamato have something different about its spotter? But um, uh, is it Feimar or Munchen? One of the tier 7 premium German ones anyway, which gets like a... 20% instead of 10%, but it, it runs for a much shorter... It only runs for like 60 seconds, but it still has the full cooldown, unfortunately, which I was always a bit annoyed about. It's whichever one has a base range of 14 kilometers, which is kind of... That, that's, that I think is the Weimar. The Weimar has very few. Yeah. 
Sounds right. Anyway, it's one of those things that, I mean, we've kind of slightly wandered away from, from the news poster, but... <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's weird they haven't experimented more with different kinds of spotting, considering how much they've experimented with other different kinds of uh, consumables and whatnot. I mean, it could be that they're just finally listening to... I'm, I'm not sure what made them do this, but it's, an, it's, it's a nice change, right? Maybe after years, they finally listen to feedback. Let's not get too excited by that prospect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we have some changes to test chips. Yeah, we have I a mean, couple of different uh, over the course of these. So, uh, yeah, there's been some iterative changes. To, it's mostly Atlantico, Hornet, and the Italian destroyers. Yes. I mean, so I'm, like I'm still not sure what to think of the Italian destroyers. I guess we we will see. But what's interesting is if they like further reduce main battery base range, right? For example, for the tier five from six point eight to six point two kilometer base range on your guns at the tier five. That's uh, yeah. It, 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 I mean, this particular one from when is this? First of the third, so start of the month. Uh, basically nerfs to both main battery and torpedo range, but also slight buffs to um, gun reload. I mean, that just really want to make them a full uh, full YOLO line, I guess. Yeah, just absolute like nothing but knife fighting, pretty much. Uh, we also have some slight nerfs here to the Atlantico. Yeah, I, I think they've kept nerfing Atlantico for a while now. Another blog, uh, a more recent one, puts that up to 30-second reload. So it's still, it's still standard battleship reload. If it starts to go over 30 seconds, then it's going to be a bit iffy. Um, there's also some stuff about the Hornet, but eh, who cares? It's an aircraft carrier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, in the next one, we have, well, one of our favorite topics here, obviously, uh, submarines, because that, that's a longer one, where they have generally quite a few changes to submarines, also some to the Hornet, I guess. Yeah, a bunch, bunch of uh, changes to super ships here in this one. So I'll start with subs, though. Oh, yes. Because they're coming next patch once again. We've all had a nice little holiday from submarines, and then we'll have to endure them once more. Yay. Yes. So it looks like Wargaming has decided to, to give the submarines sort of a flavor by going homing torpedoes for the Germans and going for with the other torpedoes for, for the Americans. Which... Uh, the, the biggest problem is, and that's something that Wargaming just doesn't want to realize, is that homing torpedoes are just a bad concept in general. A concept that I'm not sure if if there is a way to make homing torpedoes right. You have a very narrow margin, but I'm not even sure if that exists. Because if homing is too good, then they overpower. There is no counterplay, and they are like you know, a bad addition. And if it's too bad, then they are useless, and that's also a bad addition, right? I mean, yeah, sometimes there are things that you really just can't balance. Like, the stuff you could add, but you just, there'd be no way to effectively balance it to make it both fun to play and fun to play against. I mean, uh, there's a reason we don't have the Kitakami in, 
in game <laughs> still, despite it having been uh, briefly returned for testing, and then uh, yeah, still still didn't really work. So I, I think I think homing torps do kind of fall into that category. Yeah, the the, the problem is you know uh, something homing works very well in in PVE, right? There is absolutely no issue with that, but in a PvP scenario, because there is no skill in a sense to having torpedoes home. So there is the only skill is on the receiving end, can you dodge or not? And if you make the dodge too hard, then it's basically undodgeable, and if you make it too easy, then the torps are useless, right? So finding the margin where really with enough skill you can dodge them, but still get enough hits. It's a very small margin. And the other problem is that it's torpedoes hit like a truck in in a sense, right? And it's like an all or nothing because usually when you have torpedoes, you spread them out. So don't get that many hits, even if you like predict where the enemy ship is, unless it's like completely broadside. You don't often get the death strikes, but only one tool pit. But if they're homing, it's like probably all or no nothing hits, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit. I mean, at least they didn't go full-on wire-guided player directly controls the torpedo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're probably saving that for the tier 11 super subs. I mean... Yeah, we'll, 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 I we'll... shouldn't even say that. Those are cursed words, super subs, but you know they will. If submarines do come into the game on a permanent basis, you just know we're going to get super subs. It definitely. So they also interestingly reduce the arming distance of homing torpedoes. I'm not sure what the point of that is. It, it basically means you could use them point blank, but that's what you have like the high damage torps for, right? Mm. So why would you do this to homing torpedoes? I mean, I not see the reason for it, but I don't see it as a big problem in. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a little odd. They they say it will make interactions between submarines easier. So okay. I, I guess in a sub versus sub battle, it might. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the problem, of course, is with, with how spotting works. You're down there, you aren't going to see the sub at the long range. So it's, but it, if, even so, you practically would have to be almost within ramming distance for it to make any effective yeah. difference. Well, I mean, with subs, that might actually be the case. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, the sub versus sub interaction is is pretty pretty terrible anyway. So, the, the, I also find like the, the last sentence there, like or the third point, really amusing. They say the lifetime of submarines appeared excessively high. So basically, war gaming nerfed anti-submarine warfare and basically buffed submarine survivability. Then, when people complained, war gaming said. You you all just don't understand it. We actually nerfed submarines. We didn't buff them, even though they buffed submarines. They said, no, 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 we nerfed them. Then they tested it, and it turns out they actually buffed them, as we all know. And now they're like, oh, how how could this have happened? It's it's like they wrote an entire propaganda article about how everyone was wrong, and they were right. And now they're like, oh, turns out that if you, if you, you know, buff submarines, they're buffed. Strangely disconnected from what the actual changes are that they're making sometimes, yeah. Yes, sometimes it feels like they almost believe their own propaganda. But what I also find interesting, right, we now have uh, 
more details about those submarine changes. And they said German submarines have effective homing torpedoes and Americans have powerful conventional torpedoes. But there isn't actually any specific change for submarine, uh, for the German homing. Like, I mean, there are changes for homing torpedoes, but they seem to be pretty much the same for, for the US and for the, uh, Germans. So they did actually buff the conventional torpedoes for the US, but didn't really buff the homing torpedoes for the Germans, even though the Germans are supposed to have the better yes. homing ones. So I feel like there is something missing there. Well, yes, like what you're saying, trying to balance just the idea of homing torpedoes. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not looking forward to it especially, but, you know, it's sort of inevitable it's going to happen, I suppose. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm honestly not seeing what with with the kind of changes they have talked about. I mean, I suppose we'll have to see it in action to really get the full idea, but I'm not seeing anything super substantial in terms of it changing how subs were interacting with surface ships and other subs. I mean... We've had, I think, at least three or four dev blocks already with changes since the last test. And the last changes even didn't, didn't never make it into the live. They were, I think, applied, but they were never live tested. Like submarines, I think, now have a lot more hit points and there is only ever one charge of like plane. And they changed like the plane area and that submarines now. Uh, always get, get the flooding or so if they get hit. Now they further nerfed like the damage con of the subs and they increase the damage of the depth charges. Mm. So that there have been like so many changes by now since the last test that it's going to be interesting how they turn out. Not that any of them, not that they've addressed the core issue at any point, but, uh, I mean, the biggest of the changes that I can remember anyway, seem to be, um, Swapping around what hydro and the um, other consumable, like making one uh, non-limited and making the other one oh, yeah. limited and changing how hydro works a little bit. And, yeah, yeah, the yeah, oil spills yeah. and that you can now see where the pings are coming from. Yeah. Not that you need pings anymore for the conventional torpedoes. There's also some other changes to super ships. Yeah, most mostly I think the super chip, uh, ships they got there. Instead of like one beefy plane, they have two planes that are a little bit more vulnerable. So it might actually be possible to defend against them. No, no, it won't be. It looks <laughs> more likely, you know, that in theory it might be possible to defend against. But in practice, no. I mean, in practice, they're just too fast. They did buff the detectability of Yamagiri, which is, uh, I guess it wasn't being that particularly effective. Yeah, also, it now has, like, the the, the gun fire buff, right? The... Oh, yeah, they all stop firing mode. Um, I, Rich Sorky's I... getting... And Apple's you know, getting a buff. I mean, I doubt that this fire buff does anything 
too substantial because it's it, it's the same like with the cruisers, right? It's not something that you want to use most of the time. It's just well, if you only get one salvo off because then the enemy is going to disappear. That's the only time where you're going to use this. Or if you're really certain that it's going to finish off an enemy. But generally, it's a very, very situational. And I also like that they think it looks too much like Shimakase, so they buffed the detectability to make it more like Shimakase. I mean, I'm kind of confused with what they want with that, because we've already got Harukamo. Shima, and then sing in between the two of them, you've got Hayate. So, what, what else are you really going to do at that stage? I don't know. I mean, it's just a bigger shimmer, right? With, with a few more torps. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like the the that you can switch the torpedoes is is amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, it is. It's a nice mechanic, and I wish we had it on just the regular Tetri ships, to be honest. Yes. It's also interesting. It's one of the few super mechanics that's actually great and good, right? That's why they are not uh, impressed by it. They, they like more useless stuff, so they gave it a useless mechanic, too. Well, then they've uh, some changes to to the other ones. I think they are not so interesting. Yeah, slight nerf to Satsuma, slight buff to Panova. Um, yeah, nothing super earth shattering. I mean, can we? It's it's uh, it's hard to say whether I want to go with the super ships anyway. I mean, for the most part, they're just like slightly bigger tech tree ships, right? With with small gimmicks that mostly don't do much. Yeah, it it's kind of odd in one way. I mean, it's very obvious. Just obviously, just here's some extra end game content kind of thing. Um, but it almost makes me think, well, why why don't they just actually do Tier 11 <laughs> instead of this weird sort of slightly half-assed way of doing it? I don't know. It might just be because they said they'd never do Tier 11 or so. I don't know. I mean, they are obviously doing Tier 11. They just call them super ships. Maybe they feel like it's better marketing. I mean, I feel like people are more excited about having a super ship instead of uh, uh, just having a T11. Or maybe they think they can like justify having a different economy or, I don't know, different position method. Well, then we come on to a fun topic of, um, well, first, a ship that I guess was going to be inevitable we'd see at some point, the Aquila, which for those who are unaware, Italy, like Germany, was actually in the process of building an aircraft carrier. In this case, it was, a, I think, a cruiser, not cruiser, 
um, cruise liner conversion, uh, but it never I, 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 it never got finished basically, and um, the, the remains were scrapped post war, so it didn't really go anywhere. But it, it, it at least partially existed. And so, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be in the game, and it's going to be Tier 8, and it's going to have two squadrons. And the planes are, of course, going to be completely weird and ahistoric, but that just, you know, that's never stopped Wargaming before. That's just just the norm for them. True. Um, So it's going to have attack aircraft and torpedo bombers, at least in these initial... Uh, stats, and they're going to be pretty fast. That seems to be their gimmick is they're going to be weak but fast. So I guess we'll see how many uh, it, like what it has in terms of plane reserves. Would I, like, it's going to be I'm, I'm looking at I mean, the it could stats. Be like a cross between Karga and the um, the Germans. No, we don't need more Karga, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But does it state what kind of rockets? Because I'm looking at the rockets and I can't see what damage type, right? There's 12 rockets in payload, maximum rocket damage, but are those like uh, AP, AHE, or SAP? I'm guessing high explosive, but it, yeah, you're right, it doesn't say. Because, I mean, it would like, I wouldn't have been surprised if they get SAP rockets. Yeah, each, each squadron has large number of planes dividing into two attacking flights. Oh, here we oh, go. It does say accurate armor-piercing rockets. Okay. So, <laughs> AP rockets and torpedo bombers. I'm sure people are going to be much more using one than the other. We'll see what exactly how effective the AP rockets are. Hell, at least it, it means you don't have to worry about them quite so much with... Destroyers, although rocket planes are less of a worry for destroyers generally these days. Uh, Let's see. Doesn't we have any... Uh, oh, we do have some torpedo stats. 30 knots. Range 3.5 kilometers. Arming distance 400 meters. I'm not sure offhand how that compares. Let's take a look at, where is it, August von Parseval. Uh, Does it actually have the torpedo? Well, I guess it doesn't have it on on, the warship's fitting tool. Well, people will be able to look it up for themselves and see how that compares. And also, bear in mind, these are initial stats. So yeah, there doesn't yeah. seem to be anything completely egregious there, which is certainly not what we can say about the other ship they have announced, which is the USS San Diego. This one's caused a little bit of a ruckus on the NA side, particularly because it's uh, basically extremely flawed starting concept. Like, the fact that this is the starting concept at all is kind of worrying. And as some people have noted, it seems like they're going for a down-tiered Austin rather than an up-tiered Atlanta. Because it is an Atlanta class. It was the most decorated mm-hmm. ship in the U.S. Navy. And it does have the, the wing turrets of the Atlanta, but um, it's basically... 
it looks like they want to balance it around the the burst fire that the Austin can manage with SAP shells. But of yeah. course, you're not going to have the shell characteristics of the Austin. You're going to have the shell characteristics of the Atlanta. And it's actually worse than the Atlanta in a lot of ways, except it's at tier eight. So, um, yeah, there's some extreme skepticism. I mean, Little White Mouse started a, a forum on the, uh, a thread on the NA forum, which I skimmed through a bit. And there were some official responses, which were not exactly confidence inspiring and uh, basically amounted to, well, this is just the initial, you know, stuff. and It can change. And, and Little White Mouse then counterpointed that, yes, but we have so many examples of flawed concepts where they they stuck with the initial flawed concept right through to it going live and uh, we can point at whole whole lines like that i mean like the italian battleship line for example which is oh, not yeah. exactly a popular one for the most part and uh, just the just the dispersion on those is so horrible and some of them in particular i mean the vittorio veneto has got to be one of the worst tier 8 battleships that's so, that's uh, the biggest yeah, issue with wargaming, right? Because they they say always, yeah, yeah, we can change, but they they never actually change it unless there is enough drama or feedback about it, right? Yes. So, so in a way, it's it's not surprising that people are wanting to get vocal about this now and and say, well, actually, this looks like a really bad concept, and you should change the core concept rather than saying we'll just buff it a bit until it works properly. Because um, yeah, I mean. Okay, it's going to have a 16-kilometer firing range, and that's not great for Tier 8, but there are others that have that. But with Atlanta ballistics, good luck hitting <laughs> anything that's not completely stationary. It's also going to have a base reload time of 8.5 seconds for 5-inch guns. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. And it has worse... Uh, it's using the... Um, uh, I said like the cruiser dispersion model rather than uh, destroy dispersion or something like that. So it's not even going to have that that the Atlanta and, and the Flint has. So yeah, basically, so it's going to have terrible DPM. It won't be able to hit anything at ranges, uh, you know, up to its max range anyway. You've got the exact same hit points as Atlanta, but you can see tier 10s. <laughs> Uh, it's it's got a tiny bit better rudder shift, but you're not exactly going to be juking it out in the uh, in the open with this thing. And they've touted its AA as being a thing, and, and this was one of its um, uh, famous things that the real life San Diego was 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 famous for was uh, uh, its AA escort duties. It shot down a lot of planes. It protected a lot of Allied ships, but that does not translate to it being. Uh, particularly useful in game at all. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's weird. They've they've basically ignored the actual historical ships' achievements, and they've tried to fit in this concept of it's going to be a down tiered Austin, except it's 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 not really. It's it's an up tiered Atlanta that's worse. Yeah. Like bringing so, it up at here and basically yeah. nerfing the firepower is is a weird choice. <laughs> it is, but they they it have is. like unlimited main battery reload booster. But it's uh... that's a crutch. They've deliberately yeah. made the DPM bad and then given it this crutch that it has to rely on, and that is not a good core concept for a ship. It really isn't. 
especially with these ballistics. So yeah, especially- uh, either the core concept changes or it's going to come out as a ship that nobody's going to play and Wargaming's going to scratch their head and go, but why does nobody like it? <laughs> so let's hope they actually do listen to the feedback that they are getting right now, that this is not a good core concept, that they need to go back to the drawing board and actually come up with a good idea of what this is going to be. I mean, making it a strong AA ship at Tier 8 with a long AA range would actually be a novelty. <laughs> that um, would be... I mean- Making a strong AA ship would be a novelty in itself. (laughs) Yeah. That would actually make it somewhat different from basically any other tier 8 cruiser. I mean, there's maybe Cheshire. But, yeah, I don't really really see what they're trying to go for with this. I mean, tops are, I think, the same as Atlanta as well. Yeah, four and a half kilometers. Uh, there might be slightly more damage. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's like if you're trying to close the distance with someone. I mean, bear in mind, this is, this is you know, Atlanta's got a low health pool for tier seven. When you've got 27K health at tier eight, and uh, we all know what Atlanta's armor is like. So. Like, good luck. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're sticking with about that, like 16 millimeter. Like, it's. Uh, mm. I, and as you said, with those scan characters, right? If you have a main battery load booster, that can be very nice if, like, a ship shows broadside and you can burst it down or something. But with Atlanta ballistics, you aren't really doing that. I mean, you can use it if a destroyer or so is spotted. But the, the sad part is that the, an actual Atlanta has better reload with the same yes. gun. So an actual Atlanta... Be the Atlanta. Yeah. Yes. That, I, th- I think the point, I'm pretty sure LWM or somebody else in that, that thread did the maths and was like, well, actually, even with it firing under the full uh, reload booster, uh, it still doesn't quite have the same DPM as at the Atlanta. So it's paying... Uh, an incredibly heavy price for having SAP shells that, you know, you're only going to get to use uh, in that burst capacity. Like, who knows how long the cooldown is going to be? So, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 just a bad idea. And it's made a lot of the ANA folks mad because it's not like Wargaming haven't run into this exact same thing before with the Alabama. <laughs> it's like okay, we're going to take this famous ship and then you can't have it or we're going to take this famous ship and it's going to be a rubbish parody of its real self. I don't know. Yeah, like the, the mind-boggling thing is like, I generally I would say, okay, like, you know, you have a concept, you have an idea, the base starts don't matter that much because you test, but the base starts needs to make, like, there are some stats that on paper don't make sense already, right? If you, like, take a tier 7 ship, you make it tier 8, and you reduce the gun power, there is something seriously wrong, right? It's... And it doesn't really... Well, it gets, like, what, 3 kilometers more range for it. And with shells that yes. aren't doing much at this range. The, the stealth is actually ends up being worse as well, right? They made the, the base stealth worse in order to, I guess, for the compensate for the fact you get a tier 8 module, which is... Like, Okay, as if you don't already have enough going on, you've got to make the stealth worse as well. I mean, it's still okay stealth for a tier eight cruiser, but uh, yeah, you're not 
like with the Atlanta, somebody spots you and you know that you're very, very close to them being in radar range. This thing doesn't have radar. True, so, it doesn't even have radar. Oh, no. there is also a, a, another mockery, right? Because they basically, they like hydro and defensive AI in two separate slots. Yes, because nobody picks defensive on an Atlanta because it's freaking useless. Instead of making that consumable useful again in some That's way. That's no selling point. They haven't even tried to patch the holes by sticking on a, a speed booster, which they do sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, like this, this surely, so uh, it's just a bad idea. This surely must change because if it doesn't, it's going to come out as probably one of the worst tier eight premiums. And that's, that's even stacking it up next to Tiger 59. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. It's one of those times when, you really have to wonder what exactly they were thinking and uh, like to have this as their starting point. So in a way, it's good that we get to like see this information and okay, hooray for communication and all that. But Wargaming then has to be on the other side of that and actually be paying attention to uh, uh, what, what people's... Um, uh, feedback is and what people think of the concept because uh, if it's if it's really overwhelmingly negative then you should probably be taking something away from that and thinking maybe I mean, maybe we've uh, made something that isn't going to work especially if it's someone like little white mouse yeah it's one of the more um uh, sort of technically detail proficient design proficient uh, community folks that you know they themselves managed to drive away once upon a time not that long ago but uh yeah it's it's weird yeah it's it's one of those things where just stare at it and your brain tries to think for a reason because there's no like there's even a benefit for wargaming right if they have a super famous ship that people like would be willing to spend a lot of money on because it tested history right you want to make it somewhat attractive as well but they take something like this and then they come up with base stats that make no sense even on paper, right? And it's, why? Yeah. I mean, I've had this head-scratcher in the past with, I can't even remember specific examples, but um, when uh, we were both still CCs and, you know, testing ships and whatever, occasionally you'd get something and it would be a real head-scratcher. You'd think, why, why have they done this? What is this? supposed to be what role is it supposed to fill how is it supposed to be fun or enjoyable or effective and some of those ships ended up then actually coming out on the live server and uh, they tend to be the ones who don't play very much i mean i think poltava was probably one of those you know this this reminds me of the set what was set 39 the the tier 7 premium german the hydro mm -hmm. That was originally planned as a T8, and it was tested as a T8, and it was in every start it had, it was worse than the Tech Tree tier. And people were like, why are you making a premium that is literally just worse in every single start than the Tech Tree? And Wokin was like, oh, no, no, we just need to test this. And they're like, no, you don't need to test this. It's worse in every start then. They were like, oh, all right, we just keep the stats and make it a tier 7. And it wasn't even overpowered at tier 7, so... <laughs> This is far from the first time we've seen these kind of weird design decisions from from wargaming. 
So I, I can understand why Little White Mouse and other members of the community are especially wary of just sitting back and thinking, oh, it's okay, they'll change it and, you know, they'll come up with something that works. They, they, won't. Necessarily, you know, they won't necessarily, so it's, it's a good idea to kind of try and nip this stuff in the bud. But, yeah. Well, we shall see how this continues. If there is we enough shall. of uh, uh, a shitstorm maybe walk, I'm going to react. It's the only I, thing I, that I think, makes me react. It's definitely one there will be a lot of scrutiny on. Uh, even just from the NA side, because it is like it's basically the American um, HMS War Spite in terms of you know the most battle honors. We'll see. We'll see. As ever, fingers crossed they actually pay attention to you know what the community is telling them, which isn't always a guarantee. I mean, the biggest bet that we have is that, that the sales will tank if they make the ship bad. So they might just be more inclined to, to, to buff it. Oh, probably. Well, I mean, we can move on to the next head scratcher, which is... Um, you know, when I saw the title changes to aircraft detection mechanics close test, they've, they've, and I mentioned it here, they've had this radio concept for many months ago where they wanted to test something and we were like, could be an improvement for spotting. We will see what they do with it. And now they have sort of dropped this again and have another idea. Um, an even and better one. I, I have to say they have, an idea that's so stupid that they almost make submarines uh, make look look uh, like a good idea, right? Like, this is one of the most stupidest things I have read in my entire life, I think. So, uh, I, I'm sorry if, if uh, you know, if, if you feel your brain cells committing suicide while we go through this article, <laughs> I apologize. I can't, I can't quite... Agree on the stupidest thing. So I have read some statements by, you know, Donald Trump, for example, but <laughs> it's still pretty within the context of World of Warships. It's, it's like you have to wonder if the same guy that came up with this came up with the San Diego concept kind of thing. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Anyway, I'll let you, I'll let you read it out because I know you are, you've been bottling this up. <laughs> okay. So in, in this new concept, Airplane squadrons being directly controlled by a player have a limited cone of view within which enemy ships can be spotted. And info about the position is shared with the entire team. So they, unfortunately, they don't say what the cone will be. I imagine it won't be a very small cone. I would assume it's somewhere between 90 and 180 degrees, but we, we don't know, right? They, they say a cone. So keep that in mind. But basically, the ships that you look at will be spotted, and the ships that are like sort of behind you will not be spotted. The enemy ships outside this field of view will not be visible unless the AA is firing at the squadron. What this also means is that, for example, if you aren't spotted because you are like to the side, you're outside of the vision cone, but still close to, to the ship that's getting attacked, you're incentivized to turn your anti-air off, right? So basically they make changes to like, let's say you are like a rooster and the destroyer next to you is attacked. You're getting punished if you try to help that destroyer with your anti-air. So they are actively trying to punish you or using your anti-air unless it's self-protection. 
Next, this field of view can be expanded to cover the full 360 degrees around the squadron with a special consumable. So, okay. That cone isn't even always limited. You get the consumable to, like, get around this and just become a super spotter. And now the thing that makes this whole thing, like, the, the, the real uh, idiocy that it is, is that they do away with air spotting range, right? Basically, the ship's basic ability range by air is now equal to that ability range by sea. But planes can maximum spot to t uh, at 10 kilometers. That means, yes, like if you are in, in your gearing, you'll be spotted at 5.8 kilometers by planes. If you're in a Des Moines, you're going to be spotted at 10 kilometers by planes. If you're in your core first, you're also going to be spotted by 10 kilometers by planes. So, yes, you can't spot like a cruiser now, like a Des Moines, from 10 kilometers with your planes if you're going towards it, right? Unless it's outside of your cone, in which case you can always press the consumable. So, a destroyer is basically, you know, if, if you just point your planes towards the camp and you fly towards the camp, you're going to spot like the entire camp. And you can just fly through it and press this consumable just in case it's, you, you kind of like uh, turned the wrong way and it's outside of your cone. Now, we don't know how long this consumable lasts and how many charges it has, but, you know... So basically, they are making air spotting a lot more powerful. And I mean a lot more powerful because air spotting ranges are vastly better than air spotting. So they make air spotting a lot more powerful while incentivizing ships to not help others with anti-air because they're punishing you if you're trying to use your anti-air. Just last time that we did a podcast, two weeks ago now, but yeah, we, were, we were talking about how and cruisers, you know, the, 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 it seems like there's less cruisers around these days in in uh, high-tier matches. I don't think this will help somehow. <laughs> I think this might depress the cruiser population even further, let alone what it's going to do to destroyer players who are already, um, you know, not having the most fun in the world, shall we say, when it comes to carrier spotting. Uh, yeah, this is... I don't understand where they're coming from this at all. This is inexplicable. Yep, the that only... They would even begin to have this idea, let alone publish that they've had this idea and want to test this idea. I mean, the only ship that might benefit from this, or the only ship class, are battleships, because battleships are usually, might have a very high adaptability mm -hmm. right now. Anyway, it might be over 10 even, so they, they might actually get this slight buff. But cruisers and destroyers are heavily nerfed. The ships that actually have a problem with air spot. And then they throw the incentive to turn off anti-air. That's... Uh... Yeah, it's awesome. it, it, it makes your brain hurt. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, it's... I, I, it's really hard to comprehend. What, like, this is not some kind of April 1st thing. Like, this is just yeah, baffling. It really is. Like, they had about two years, or, or one and a half years, they had in the past an, an idea to address plane spotting by nerfing anti-air. And that was laughed at by the community. But even that idea wasn't as bad as this. I mean, it, it made plane spotting better and nerfed anti-air. 
that they already had an idea like this in the past, but it wasn't as extreme as this. This is like cranked up buffing carriers to 11. And it, I, what I can't get over it is, right, the simplest thing would just be to not have carrier spotting other than on the minimap, but they've shot that idea down. Then they came up with an idea to, to buff uh, carriers that was shot down by the community. Then they came up with the radio concept, which was uh, sort of like minimap only spotting, but in a, in a more limited way, which could have been a good concept. And now they come up with an even number buff to carriers. With that, they, they are changing between, they, they first they introduce an idea that would be good, and then they say we internally tested it, it doesn't work. Then they try an idea to buff carriers, and the community shoots them down, and they're like, yeah, okay, maybe we don't buff carriers. Then they come up with an idea that could be good, internally tested, and then they drop that again and go, hey, why don't we buff carriers now? Yeah... And it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a problem with a very easy solution and they just refuse to take it and they come up with more and more convoluted ways to make carriers stronger. I can't but help think of that, that, that meme where you see the, the woman holding the child up and then you've got the bottom panel and it's like, uh, and there's another kid struggling in the foreground and then the bottom panel where it's like a skeleton that's sitting at the bottom of the water. And the kid that they're, you know, holding up is the carriers and then everyone else is kind of struggling and drowning behind them. It's, it, it's, it's weird. I mean, there, there are some, there are ways that you could, you could change carrier spotting to actually be fair. And, you know, the fact that they've acknowledged that the current system isn't exactly that fair. It, it, it's good that they're looking for alternative solutions, but this would be a step backwards a big step backwards. So I'm not exactly clear how... I, I, just, I can't get my head around how this is going to help in their eyes, what, what their concept is of making things better, if this is one of their ideas of how they can make things better. Because it, it, it seems like they have a very different idea of what that means compared to everybody else. No, it's it's a bit like Wargame. I said that in the past, it almost looks like said, carriers have their own lobbying group, right, within <laughs> Wargaming. And it looks like they Wargaming, on the surface, they say we acknowledge that carrier spotting is a problem. But any time they try to do something, they try to sneak in a buff for carriers, right? It's like they, they, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a problem. We're going to address that problem. How about uh, we address that problem by... Uh, Buffing carry. Oh, no, you don't want it. Let's wait for a couple of months and we try to buff carries a different way under the umbrella of nerfing spotting. It, I mean, I, you, you might, I get rather emotional about this because I feel like carrier spotting is such a bad influence on the game and such an unfun mechanic. And it could be so easily addressed. And I don't even think most carrier players would mind if it got addressed because they don't care about spotting anyway. And yeah, it's the one it, thing where wargaming just isn't budget for, for whatever reason. The, the fact that they won't even just give us a public test with um Are we just playing the same kind of delay that we have with radar? The solution's right there. We already have this as a thing in game. 
yeah, the, the, the game has already plenty of solutions for the problem in it. They just don't want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, San Diego is pretty bad, but this is this has definitely been the big WTF moment of this week's news in, in warships. Yeah. It, it is. Uh. It's, it's odd. Um, I can only hope that whatever testing they do, uh, absolutely. Because, I mean, it's going to be on the closed test, so... Um, Hopefully the testing shows what a bad idea this is and they abandon it, but it's just even alarming the fact that they want to test this idea to begin with under the under the somehow notion that it's going to be better for anybody except carriers. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I've thought like that the Reddit thread got already voted into oblivion. And the community was not very happy about this. But, like, I, it's... I have no words. Sort of. Well, no more words. We've already had some words. <laughs> Quite a few words. True, I suppose. Yeah, some, sometimes you get really get the impression that they're just kind of throwing darts at dartboards and... You know, they don't quite know what they're actually doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, let's, let's not pretend that, that trying to make a game like World of Warships is a particularly easy task, but even so, that's just such an obvious blunder that you just have to wonder why they're doing things like that sometimes. Yeah, I... I we are not claiming that balancing in itself is easy, but you know, for example, spotting that five is bigger than four is pretty easy, and that's that's the level that they are failing. That's the level where wargaming is failing. Right? That's the that's such basics that they don't seem to comprehend about their own game. Yeah. Anyway, shall we move on to the next? Oh yes, thing. yes. More, more just sit and rant about this, round in circles more and more, I suppose. More Hornet <laughs> sub changes, Atlantico changes, and Italian destroyer changes. So we don't know much about the Horn, like how the Hornet performs. So fine. Maya has been nerfed. Maya looked like extremely overpowered at tier seven, so I think that makes sense. They basically had the idea of like making a, an attack or a tier seven ship. And turns out that might be a bit too strong, so there might be some nerfs there. Yeah, uh, that that one's um, like sometimes you you see these repeated nerfs, and it's like okay, yeah, that's that seems okay. You know, if, if it was doing that strongly, then sure. But sometimes it's the opposite, like the the Dido, <laughs> which you kept seeing nerf after nerf in the in the dev blogs, and. Uh, yeah, the actual Dido is uh, <laughs> not that strong. I mean, it's not bad, but when your 133 mil guns, your 5.25 inch guns, fire at the, you know have the same rate of fire as uh, 152 mil guns, then yeah, you have a lot of downsides without the benefits of the bigger guns, kind of thing. So we'll see, we'll see what Maya's like, but on the face of it, it seems like it might be justified. You know, you remember when, when people always saw those nerfs on Deathblock and people were like, why do you keep nerfing Dido and Wargaming? It's like, look, look, we know what we are doing, right? Because the 
it's just how strong this ship is. It needs those nerfs. And then it came out and people were like, wait a moment. No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Atlantico keeps getting nerfed. A uh, bit more about the Atlantico later. I think it's going to be like obviously the next dockyard ship. The dockyard has also been announced now. We'll see as a dockyard ship. We've said this in the past. I don't have high hopes for it, but I mean, it's, it's, I like secondary ships, so I, I kind be... of. Yeah, unless it's completely horrible, it should be at least somewhat interesting. And it's still at least a 30 second reload is still fairly standard. Uh, it's at least it's, they've not gone, right, have a 40 second reload. Enjoy. <laughs> Which we've had with some ships in the past. Um, yeah, it's, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's fun. I mean, the Marlboro was okay, and the Repulse was actually pretty good, so hopefully it's on that side of things. I have I actually run into one or two in battle as well, but, you know, to, despite the temptation to ask the player, oh, how is it? You know, it's, there's no point asking. I yeah. know how they're going to respond. They can't actually tell me what it's like, because they're not allowed to, but, uh, yeah. Tempting nonetheless. Then they've changed the smoke on the Italians. The thing is, they haven't stated how the previous parameters were, and I don't know, I'd have to look up some old dev block, I guess, so I can't actually tell what's changed there. But it seems yeah, like I it's... Mean, again, um, some of these fairly... Um, like the lower tier ones, I guess, were performing a bit with the, their torpedoes, given that everything at lower tier happens at fairly close ranges. Although there are still some, there's some other lower tier, uh, lower tier DDs that do have still a pretty quick reload. I think the Derbsky has like 20 seconds for crying out loud. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell how these are going to be because they're such a, a strongly skewed line in, in terms of their, their, everything about them is about being short-ranged. Yeah, but they don't really have the consumer to back it up and it's like you have your smoke only lasts 25 seconds and you only have three charges, well, four with superintendent. So you've got four charges of smoke, but they are very, very... Yeah. Short. It's kind of odd to see what they're going to be like. I mean, uh, I think most people would have been okay with just a, a kind of reasonably standard line of... of destroyers and uh, I guess I mean, they're at the point where in terms of doing new concepts for lines of ships or new flavors for lines of ships that they're, they're having to try the wacky stuff to make it different from anything that's that's in the game already I mean wacky can be fun I'm just a bit like they have this ultra short gun range so I wonder how well they'll do against stuff like Raider or an yeah. enemy destroyer that can like like hydrant. There there are some the thing is, especially at higher tiers, there are some incredibly powerful anti-destroyer destroyers, right? For the newest mm. one is the Sherman. The Sherman just eats through an destroyer like crazy, right? And it has reasonably considering with six point five, nothing good, but with the smoke and the hydro, that's a very powerful thing. And what's an Italian going to do, right? Against something like this? They do seem like they're going to be pretty easy to counter. Yeah, it's like they like have, they have to... a really high skill ceiling. Yeah, it looks like 
I mean, I haven't played them, obviously, but from from the design, it looks like they're supposed to be gun YOLO boats, right? Because they're probably going to hurt like a truck with the guns, but they have so little range that they have to, like, basically push in pretty hard. Even with ranged mods and so on, the range isn't going to be good. So... I'm not How? I'm not intrinsically opposed to this idea of a really niche line, I have to say. I mean we have enough other lines of destroyers in the game at this point that like not every line has to be super popular. But True. still I still have to wonder exactly how playable or enjoyable these are going to be outside of some tiny hardcore of players that really enjoy the the uh, the high danger that they represent, the, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the high adrenaline play style. The thing is, what you what you like don't want is basically if the destroyer line just is encouraged to at the start of a game charge into a camp and then trade with the enemy destroyer because it can basically ambush them and gun them down so quickly. But obviously, since you spotted yourself, you're also gonna die, right? Mm. If you have a line that's basically designed to just charge in and have a early trade with the enemy destroyer, that would be bad. So we're gonna see how they they turn out. But Yeah, there's always that thing of how Wargaming envisages people will play the ship versus how people actually play the ship. So, yes. yeah, who, know, who knows what it'll be like when actual players get their hands on them. But I, I, I bet you it won't quite be what Wargaming had in mind. Uh, well, then we have more sub-changes. So, the last in a, in a long list of sub-changes since we've last seen them, I suppose. Basically, they've now reduced dive capacity and so on. They want us to submarines a bit more to the surface. It's like there have been some changes in recently to make submarines Did like they a talk bit about more didn't they talk in a previous one about the um, the refresh, the recharge rate was going to be a lot quicker, but they were going to cut down the dive capacity? I mean, I'm guessing yeah. they're, they're cutting it down even further from what they had initially thought of. And they're incre- increasing the, the max flooding damage to a third as well, which is fairly significant. Yeah, it's it's like they they also increase like, the time it takes for damage control recharge. And don't they like have limited number of damage counts now and depth charges are guaranteed flooding? So for some reason Wargaming wants to like make flooding the main way to deal with submarines instead of like the direct depth charge damage. I mean, uh, as we've said earlier, submarines still don't make any sense. <laughs> still a, a square peg trying to fit in a round hole. No, nobody's looking forward to seeing submarines in test again. They have been majorly changed, but in the end, they still sense. Well, then further, there is now a next the next super ship that has been announced. Walking has been really working hard on super ship. It looks like they throw out one after the other. Even though they are all still being tested. Yeah, so we have the, the Patri, which is going to have the same guns as the Republic, but more of them. It's going to have three quad turrets for a total of 12 guns. 
Uh, the article doesn't really give us any idea of the provenance of this ship, so it might be more or less a total wargaming fabrication. We'll see. Yeah. They do. They do. They, they've got like two paragraphs going into how they chose the name Patry, which is is nice if you're interested in that side of uh, kind of naval tradition. But it would be nice to know a little bit about what inspired the actual ship in terms of uh, prospective ship designs as well, or if it was just completely made up by them. So, um, what I have to say is, I think they've nerfed the high explosive chance because I think Republic had over 60% and now it's only 48, which is pretty good, but... Yeah, it's still quite high. (laughs) Still nothing to be sniffed at. Um, But, yeah, that's offset by... Uh, well, well, we'll tell you what the uh, the special combat instructions are. You will get plus 7% to your ship speed. And that's on top of already having an engine boost. So um, I assume it's just a regular, the same as the, the regular battleship engine boost, but that's still going to get you up to something fairly nutty, presumably. I mean, the base speed is 31 knots. So that plus your Sierra Mike flag plus engine boost plus the combat instructions. I mean, to know. Probably north of what, 36 knots, 37 knots altogether. Fast. I don't know if it's high, but yeah. Uh, your HE shells will gain an extra 90% penetration. <laughs> so eat your heart out, conqueror. Um, main... I, by the way, I, I just checked. No, forty-eight is also the same. It, it's the same as the Republic. Okay, but, all right. You know, uh, the main uh, battery will reload twenty uh, percent uh, faster, and it will take uh, twelve qualified gunshots. I'm guessing just twelve hits, twelve pens. It doesn't really say what the. Uh, I'm guessing it'll be twelve hits. So you need a dozen hits, and you'll get fifty seconds of extra speed. Uh, super high HE penetration and a bit faster reload. So, uh, yeah, that's just what we needed is more high-tier battleship HE spam. <laughs> Yay! Uh, yeah, that's that's not going to be... Especially if you're in a cruiser, that's really not going to be fun. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the Republic is already like a long-range ship. It's not the best. Well, Armadi is also a firing range. They, they aren't very popular. I think most people haven't realized just how powerful the, the explosive it's... is in the French. Yes and no. I think, I mean, I I took a relatively long time to get to the Republic, and I, I've played it a bit, but I, yeah, it's a really reliable ship, but I can play it and be like, oh yeah, this is really good. But it's also just very samey. I don't know. There's just something quite um, oh, boring's not the right word, but it 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 kind of gets stale very quickly playing the Republic. It it doesn't have quite an an identity. If if you wanna do the long range high explosive stuff, you're better off in like a Conqueror or Thunderer or something. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, a Thunderer basically does the same thing, just better. Uh, Republic is mostly just fast, which can be interesting, but. You know, uh, in the end of the day, it's not like you're uh, sipping that much around the map in a battleship anyway, usually. Yeah. 
I mean, it does have a longer reload time than the Republic, but more guns, so that makes sense. I honestly, I know we've already got the Hanover, but it would be nice to have a secondary-themed French battleship. Some people already do try and spec into the secondaries in their French battleships, particularly the the Republic. And that that's the thing that might actually, like, if they leaned into that and made that a thing... Uh, more on a par with 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 what the Germans have. I mean, that could be something that's a bit interesting and a bit different. The problem but, is that uh, the the hundred millimeter like French aren't paying. Yeah, it's, it's not nearly as good, and you don't have the extra HE pen that the German battleships get. To, so it's like it's not an efficient way to build your German battleships at all. But if they made one that where it was efficient to build it that way, you know that the whole gimmick was that then. Like I said, that that would be something different, but this this just seems like Republic with a bit of a buff in terms of you know the the combat instructions and an encouragement to fire lots of high explosive while I'm, those instructions are active. Yeah, it's it's like a lot of those super ships. It's just like more of the same, right? Hanover is just yeah. a bigger core first. So uh, how it is called is a is a bigger. Uh, Yamato and uh, Yamato also is a bit uh, a bigger Shimakas. It's like they basically they've just taken what's already there and made it a bit bigger. Yeah. So yeah, it it's it doesn't it's not doing anything particularly new or interesting. It's just kind of it's the tier eleven French battleship. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. It, it's 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 just for that and there's nothing more to say about it really so unless there are some big changes to this somewhere along the line um yeah i mean i haven't seen people getting that excited about super ships anyway i don't see them in game that often and i know partly that's just the method of distribution but um even when i've had them i i, I play them like one or two games and it's just i i just rather if i'm gonna play tier 10s i'd just rather play my regular tier tens for the most part, to be honest. I mean, they can't earn credits, so yeah. a lot of people that are not that flush with credits see no reason to to play the super ship, I suppose. And then there is the fact that the method of distribution is annoying because obviously, since the ship gets removed from your port, right, you have to re-equip it every time. And even though this is not something that takes that long it's annoying right if every time you unlock like the the yamakiri again you gotta put on mm. like your, all of your modules and so again and it's like you've you've unlocked it once you've played it you've seen how it goes why would you go through through the annoying thing again just to to play it some more it's not that exciting or different enough it doesn't earn you credit so it's... it is a completely mad thought what if they've made it so you could play these things and earn flags <laughs> I think a lot more people would have been like, "Yeah, it doesn't get credits, but sure, it earns flags. I'll, 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 uh, I'll play it and you know get some flags out of it at least." But yeah, I don't want you to. No, no, no. I can't be farming those detonation flags. I mean, come on. Exactly. Imagine they gave you an actual way to farm detonation flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that's 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 it. That's the exciting new French super ship. Everyone's so excited! Yay! Yes. 
Well, speaking of other exciting news, the new dockyard is announced, and yeah, like Italian Destroyers Part 2 event, that's obviously not the next patch, but the patch afterwards already. So there's going um, to be a new collection. And just like previous ones, it will allow you to unlock two flags on your Italian ships. Uh, and you also get, if you don't have it already, the Tier 6 uh, Destroyer uh, Leone, if you actually complete the collection. That's actually not bad. Leone is uh, kind of a fun little Tier 6. I think it's one of the more um, overlooked Tier 6 Destroyers. It's got a really nice number of guns uh, on the Tier 6 Destroyer. Uh, it doesn't reload particularly quickly, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit like the Akotnik. Like, there's not that many other destroyers around that have that number of guns period let alone at tier six so uh yeah i kind of enjoy taking out once in a while i mean the torpedoes aren't especially brilliant but they do reload very quickly and they actually do have quite a long range they're almost like the um the cruiser torpedoes than anything else you know i have so to long admit, range fairly slow but uh yeah i have to admit i didn't even realize that the leone exists i i mean yeah and it's also got i think um american style smoke. Uh, the smoke lasts for a long time as well. It's a pretty interesting and, and reasonably fun little ship, so that, that's nice to have as a, uh, a reward for uh, just the collection. You know, you don't get um, ships as rewards for collections very often, so yeah, thumbs up for that. That's quite a nice one. Um, refurbished Taranto, which is kind of not surprising, given it's an Italian-themed thing. And I presume when like. they say updated, maybe they even gave it the the uh, visual the treatment. Like, yeah. Hopefully, it's not just this bunting and flags. It might actually be a full visual overhaul, like they've done with some of the other ports. Then, then as we've known before, their next dockyard is going to be the Atlantico. Which I have to say, I'm particularly pleased they're doing it as a they've modelled the shipyard background as a, a Clydebank shipyard. So, yay Scotland! <laughs> it's nice to see the the Scottish shipbuilding industry, which was you know hugely important during World War Two and even before World War Two, sort of the mainstays of uh, the all the not not just the Royal Navy ships being built, but uh, merchant ships being built as well. Huge numbers were built on the Clyde. So it's nice to see it represented in game. Yeah, then we also uh, know that Dockyard is going to be 22 stages. And 1,750 doubloons for each stage. I don't know what, what was the price this time, like for, for the last one. I can't remember what the stages were for the Malra, but I have a feeling they were more than that. The, sta- the number of stages was definitely higher, but it was the same... Uh, as with the the couple of previous ones, that you will have to buy a minimum of three, and you'll have the option of buying more. Uh, we don't know what else is going to be available, though. If they'll they'll make some other mid gear ship available on the way to getting the Atlantico, or if it will just be the Atlantico. But it it seems on the face of it fairly reasonable. I guess we don't know what the actual missions are yet, though. True. That's the that's always the question mark. That's how grindy they make it. But you'll have two patches. Um, so about two months. To, to, yeah, to do the uh, missions. And the dockyard will be it will remain available for a further patch. So if you've got the doubloons and a couple of 
missions left that you weren't able to complete, then you'll be able to at least buy the last couple of stages. So, yeah. And as with previous ones as well, if you have bought the Atlantico outright or you buy more missions than you end up, um, like if you buy like the eight mission bundle or whatever it is that they do at the start, and then you complete the entire rest of the mission chain, you'll get uh, 250 steel for each of the excess missions after the, yes. the final completion one. So it's a way to get some steel as well if you're really hurting for steel. But you will have to spend some actual money in order to get that steel. But for some people, that's probably more palatable than, than grinding through uh, playing ranked games. True. Uh, yes, Tom, the, the, the dockyard will be up for two patches, 11.3 and 11.4. And I think the next patch is 11.2. So it's not, it's going to be like in over a month that it's going to start. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be active for two months. But the missions are usually like, uh, the, the stages are time gated, right? So at first, you, like for the first week, you can only complete like the first mission chain, right? And then. After a week, the second mission chain unlocks, and so so you don't have the full time for all the missions. But yeah, the only have... way you can skip ahead is by flashing your credit card and buying through the stages, essentially. Which is, you know, kind of what they're hoping you'll do. True. But it also means that, like, no matter how fast you are with the first mission chain, right, the, the last one, which will take the longest, you will have. Well, we will see how much you'll have. You probably have, like, two or three weeks or so for the last stage. But as I said, like we, we don't know how uh, hard or easy the missions are going to be because Wargaming had a vast uh, variety in those things. Until yes, now. there's been quite the variation in the past of, of uh, like the, the low point being the Puerto Rico. Definitely. Yeah. And then some of, the, some of the following ones where they were at least a bit more upfront of, uh, uh, you're going to have to buy at least a couple. The uh, some of the missions even then were incredibly grindy. I mean, it could it could be that this is uh, less so because it's only a tier eight. So it could be that they're making yeah. it a bit easier and less expensive this time. But eh, anything can happen. Definitely wise not to make too many assumptions. <laughs> Then next up, we have Camouflage's Mounted on Carriers will now also be painted on the squadrons, which it looks pretty nice. Doesn't change my opinion about aircraft carriers, but I have to admit it looks very nice here. Yeah, it's a nice little visual touch. And I mean, it makes sense because as a carrier player, you're mostly looking at your planes and not as your carrier, right? And you don't just mount camo because you, you want the bonuses, but also because it looks cool. Then they added dynamic weather-based snow effects on ships. So, you know, if now your guns miss, maybe your gun has just slipped on the snow on your deck. At least you have a convenient <laughs> explanation. It, it definitely doesn't look anywhere near as iced up as the um, the camos for Scharnhorst and Edinburgh, but it's it's a nice touch, again. Yeah. Speaking of nice touches, they added now textures for Tears of the Desert, Trap, Warriors Path, and Solomon Islands. So 
you know, some maps are looking even better now, which is great. And we only have like a few of those screenshots there, but, but they do look beautiful. They also, and the, and the most important thing is that they've improved underwater visuals as well when you're looking at, as a sub through binoculars. Yeah. And, you know, no, no matter where you get stuck now, if you get stuck underwater, if you get stuck above water next to an island, at least, you know, you have a better scenery where you can. Well, exactly. Actually, stuck. You run yourself aground on the seabed, you can enjoy the high fidelity, uh, high, high poly <laughs> rocks, rocks and water. Um, next, they have some more permanent camouflage. The the first one that's basically the same that that Hayate has, just no for Maya, and it looks beautiful. Um, doesn't um, uh, Hyuga have that lacquer camo as well? I'm sure it does. I don't know. I mean, Hi- Hayate like the ten destroyer has. I I know I have it on the Hayate, right? But... Yes. Not sure if somebody else has it too. It's a nice one, anyway. Yeah, it's beautiful. I like it. I'm really go wrong with black and gold. It's a, 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 a classy combination. True. Um, also, the, the next one, Darren, I do really like. I, I, the Fuso one, I didn't manage to get the kind of uh, samurai-themed one, but I'm not exactly cut up about it because I thought it was a little bit overdone, but th- this is... This Nagato... Um, Japanese castle, as they're calling it, camo. Uh, that actually looks a lot more uh, refined. What's the word I'm looking for? It just, it, to my eyes, it looks yeah. a lot nicer, less gimmicky. I mean, maybe because like the Fuso Tower is just very high, and the statue up there, it wasn't. I think it wasn't the ideal fit. I would have liked yeah. just a higher regular castle tower. But yeah, I mean, I think that the Nagato looks nice. I've unlocked the Fusible, never used it, but got it. Just the, the detailing on it, the like, kind of stone oh, yeah. work on the, uh, the, the the whole plating, and then you've got the crenellations and the little pagoda-style roofs. And yeah, it's it's that that's one I will be, like, if that's one we can grind out somehow, then I will absolutely be going for that. Yeah, I don't think they've said how one can get those camels, but Nagato yeah. is a ship, I mean, it's not really a ship that I usually play, but I'm more inclined to play it than the Fuso, personally. Weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuso's the best. What's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> it, it's the best to make memes about, but that's about oh, it. Dear. Then the Wings of Courage, wasn't that one that from a design contest? Uh, maybe. I like that one less. Maybe I think mainly because of that shade of green. It's not a bad overall design, but it's just something about that shade of green that's a bit off-putting. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of green usually, but I think they make it work on it's not as beautiful as, for example, like the Maya camel, but I, I think it looks nice. It's definitely not terrible. There are far worse camos in the game. 
I feel like they could have extended, like, I mean, this looks like the wings, or they could have extended it a bit on the mid-tower. Like, there is the, the camo for the, uh, what was it, the Prince, like the German one, where it has, like, uh, the eagle also, and the eagle is not just on the side, but also extends to, like, the smokestack and the tower and so on. So I feel like they could have extended this wing up there. Maybe. But I don't yeah. know. What do you mean, Tom? That's what armor is for. Oh, um, I mean, it, some of these might be in the armory for community tokens. One never knows. Like the Avian oh, right. one might end up there. Right, there, there are certain special camos you can get from the armory. I haven't actually checked what's available for community tokens there. Um, there's stuff like the Normandy. Um, there's a pair for the Leningrad and the, uh, is it Minsk? I can't remember. Well, wasn't there like one for like a, a lower tier battleship too for like New York? Yeah. 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 There's like a skull themed one for New York and there's one or two others I'm forgetting as well. They're relatively expensive, but they're there and, you know, you can at the moment grind or at least get some community tokens from doing the dirigible derby event. So. It's nice to be able to get away to, to, to get those. It, it would generally be nice if they sold more of the special camos, like uh, uh, the, the Atlanta uh, palm tree camel. Not sure yeah. why, why such cool camos aren't on sale somewhere. I guess so that they can put them in loot boxes and sell loot boxes. Maybe. And the next one, the Ragnar camo, I quite like that one. That's a nice blue color i mean I, I don't know how they've come to the uh connection between ragnar and owls exactly uh, is there some kind of mythological thing i'm missing there but um yeah i have a feeling that one's going to be one of the uh like because ragnar's tier township i, mm -hmm. I have a feeling one of the special camos that you need the thing me tokens for i'm thinking i and, I mean, I'm not the best versed in Norse mythology, I suppose. Owls, they, I mean, I could understand ravens, but owls, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Ragnar is, like, just kind of a generic Viking name, or if it's specifically referring to Ragnar Lodbrok, and maybe Lad he had some kind of special connection with owls. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? It looks good, though. I like it. Yeah, that's, that's a nicer one. Yeah, I'm just well, looking in the armory now. So I have a feeling it's, it's one of those, it'll be one of those ones. The Arctic camo, the Arctic camo, I think, like, there are two or three ships that have an Arctic camo. I think that was... Something that they did Christmas early on when they still had this Christmas convoy missions, right? And they had cool Christmas events with free content. I'm not sure if the Arctic Camels ever were otherwise, or, or whether they probably sold them at some point. Oh, here we go. Yeah, clan tokens, rank tokens. I bet you anything that Ragnar will be either clan tokens or ranked tokens. It, it does fit the theme with some of those other ones. 
like the uh, the, cra uh, the, mm -hmm. the crocodile one for the black, or the wolf one for Flint. Yeah, some of those are quite nice, and it's just I'm never ever going to be able to get any of them because they're all, all these uh, ranks and clan tokens. <laughs> it's just like okay. <laughs> it's fine. I'll just have to look at them in the armory, and they'll just have to be pretty. And yeah, I mean, constellation of memory. I, I, I well, I'm, I mean, I like blue and purple, so that helps. I'm not too partial about like the uh, that they they all put those. The, I don't know. What would you call that white structure that they have? It's like a yeah, like a, a temple sort of Afternon temple kind yeah. of Greek-looking structure. Which I I bet I don't think there's any actual constellations that look like that. I don't <laughs> know why they didn't go with actual constellations. Exactly. Like if they had just put actual constellation, it would have been vastly improved. I think. But I do like the the starry thing with with blue and purple. True. I think they're also missing a trick of not having it be on the actual constellation, but what do I know? <laughs> so, yeah. Also, I do a little themed camo for the, uh, the Hornet, which is appropriate. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, on, on the theme of, of astronomical themed camos, there's, there's, a, there's a, a long, long history and connection between astronomy and um, uh, sailing and, you know, navigation, because for a very long time that, that was how you navigated. You used the oh, constellations yeah. to, to figure out where you were exactly, or at least have a best guess as, as to where you were. It wasn't until we got um, um, reliable timepieces that people could figure out longitude as well as they could latitude so yeah which is an interesting story in of itself but nothing really to do with what we're talking about here on the podcast but it would be a good appropriate theme for True. uh for other camos than this one that uh, like it seems to be i don't know they seem to be going half in with mythological stuff as much as astronomical stuff with that particular camo I mean, they could have also just, like, varied, like, I'm not sure why they always had to pick the exact same motive. But, yeah, that's, that's a bit, that, that one could have been better. It's good, but, yeah. you know, it, it's not quite there. Yeah. Then there are also some flags, I suppose. Not sure Char about... Uh, Yeah, that, with, with, it's some of them. It's kind of hard to guess what they are. Like obviously yeah. the uh, the one with the temple symbol ties in with the camo, um, and the, the Italian one ties in with the uh, thing. But there's also one uh, that says Armada del Ecuador. Do we have some Ecuadorian South American Navy ship event coming up? Maybe. Who knows. And the other one is for Peru, actually. So, yeah, there must be some South American ship event coming up. I mean, maybe with the Atlantic, huh? Perhaps. 
Although that was Brazilian, so why they would have an Ecuadorian and a Peruvian? Yeah, but like if they just there. tried to celebrate the entire area, I guess like South America. I mean, South America, it's all the same. It's like Africa; yeah. it's just one big country. It's all the same. <laughs> Who knows? I mean. I also don't know where the masks come from. I do like how it looks like, but... Actually, that's the only one that's really a mystery, because the cross swords, and that's going to be Kings of the Sea. Yeah. You can actually see the patch down there for Kings of the Sea. But, yeah, so what is the the comedy and uh, tragedy masks going to... Carnival something? I don't think so. That tends to be more kind of related to the theatre. I, d- I don't know. Greek drama? Does that tie in with the uh, Parthenon-looking symbol, maybe? Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe somebody just wanted to draw masks and they were like, yeah, sure, let's go with it. A- April Fool's, that's Tanya's masks, okay. So you think that's going to be an April Fool's? Well... We'll see. I hope they have a cool April Fool's event because I haven't seen any announcement of anything yet. I just, I just want, I just want the bathtub mode back, even if it's for one day. Just give us the bathtub mode back, please, poor Gaby, please. I mean, I wasn't surprised if they bring key battles for the fourth time in a row. Yeah, probably. So that that's it for dev blogs. Uh, I don't. I think we have really much from the portal. Um, no. There's some kind of recruiting station event going on, so they're pushing people, trying to uh, uh, recruit more people for some potential yes. premium ship container rewards. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of not... Shocking news to anybody, I suppose. Wargaming trying to bring in new players. Uh, we also have the latest of the uh, uh, the tier ten ships on sale for truly eye watering prices. Moskva, Moskva, <laughs> Grosse occur first, which you know literally just vanished from the game in terms of being tech tree ships. And hey, if yes. you really want to. If you really, really want to, you can now play, uh, pay 50,000 doubloons for the most expensive package of each, which is, for, for those in the UK, I don't know how many uh, euros this would be, but it's £138.60 for a single tier 10. Yes. Ship. It until recently was free. Yes, and for that, you're getting a 12-point commander, 9 million credits, some camouflages, and some signals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whereas, I mean, the cheaper package, which is a mere 35,000 doubloons, and I don't even know what that would work out to, but that's like 80 or 90 pounds. You only get a three-point captain with the ship. <laughs> so so generous, Wargaming. So generous. Also, yeah, yeah, somebody mentioned in chat, that's right, the Water World is coming back, like the Water World type yeah. battle. I guess that's the April Fool's thing. 
it's not really much of a full stay mode, I guess, but at least it was no, a fun mode. Really. If, if, if it's the yeah, if it's the destroyer brawl thing, then that was sure. But I just want the bathtub battles back. It's been so long. Everybody wants it, so, so that's long. what they want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have two other kind of... Well, you can't escape it at the moment. Um, Ukraine-related pieces of news before we wrap up. Um, obviously, as everyone is aware, Russia went... We're not... We're not we're not going to declare war. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, look, our troops fell over the border into Ukraine. Whoopsie. I guess it's a special operation now. Um, Wargaming has got studios. It's got a studio in Ukraine, obviously, St. Petersburg, uh, where the warships team is based. And then there's, there's, uh, there's uh, Minsk in uh, Belarus, which is also involved. So they're kind of like spread across all sides of this. And um, it's got to be kind of uh, an awkward time for them but um, the, I suppose you could say the, the two bits of news are, are quite good news so the first one is the long time um, employee and even one of the founder members of Wargaming I can't remember if he's been around that long but uh, Sergei I can't remember if it's Bergatovsky or Bukatovsky something like that but popularly known as Serb who was uh, one of the um, uh, managers, I can't remember his exact position, but he was high up in the World of Tanks team and he was uh, responsible for some quite important stuff there and was known very famously for being quite the troll when he interacted with people on the RU forums. But basically came out publicly in support of the Russian unprovoked war of aggression and uh, even though I don't think he's directly does anything at World of Tanks uh, anymore, or Warships, he's still an employee of of, uh, of Wargaming, and they basically fired his ass, or at least um, it's not quite clear if they fired him or if they were they they were kind of like, well, that's unacceptable. You've got to resign. You know, he might have been forced to resign rather than outright fired. But uh, you know, they got rid of him. Yeah, he, he's out of the picture now. So, um, yeah, Wargaming didn't want none of that, regardless of how it might play in Russia. And the other thing is that uh, they've given a million pound donation to the Ukrainian Red Cross, or not a million, it was a million dollar donation to the Ukrainian Red Cross and have promised to basically help out any Wargaming Ukraine employees that need help. So, I mean... I think we can. It doesn't take hard to. It doesn't take much to read between the lines and guess which side of of things that they, as a a corporate entity, are on the side of. Which is it's sort of a no brainer because you know war's bad for business and it's it's they're all kind of caught up in it in various ways. So yeah, but it's it's kind of. I mean. I don't necessarily want to give them a pat on the back, but it's it's more than I might have expected them to do. Yeah, it, it was like, nice to see that donation. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of would have maybe more cynically expected them to just keep stump, not say anything, not donate to anybody, maybe give Serb a rap on the knuckles publicly, but like, so they just immediately went to firing him. So, yeah. So yeah, it's it's an awkward an awkward thing all round, really. 
as 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 so I mean, that's what we did describe a war, right? So awkward. Might be a slight understatement, but it's awkward for wargaming, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean so. they have World of Warships in in uh, Saint Petersburg. They have like World of Tanks, I think, in Belarus. They have World of Warplanes in the Ukraine, and they have their headquarters in Cyprus. Hmm. So I mean, they're not going to be. They might might be less, slightly less worried about repercussions, given that they are headquartered in Cyprus, but, you know, they, they Russia is one of their main areas of operation in the Russian language-speaking world, so it's it's interesting to see that they've, they've, they've at least done this much, they've at least come this much publicly out on the side of Ukraine and against this, this completely insane war that's going on at the moment. So, yay? Small well done for Wargaming? Yes. I mean, they haven't gone as far as some other companies. I mean, you've had big names like CDPR come out and other companies and say, we're, we're just, you know, for the duration, we're not doing business in Russia. We're, we're halting sales. Yeah, but, and, you know, uh, Wargaming has one studio there, so they, they can't outright do that realistically. I mean, yeah, it, it would be, like, I don't know how that would work exactly. They would shut down the Russian servers, but everyone... No, I mean, like, the, the whole, like, team that's work. working on World of Warships, they'd have to relocate yeah. the entire operation. It would be, um, yeah, it would be awkward. But, yeah, I think that's about the strongest statement they could make, and I don't see that happening, just given the, how, how much they straddled the borders of all the affected, the directly affected nations. But aside from that, on you know, on that happy note, I, uh, I don't think we have really any other news to talk about. No, I think that's about it. I mean, we've talked about submarines and carriers in an episode, so yeah. <laughs> we managed to keep the ranting, well, not to a minimum, but to a reasonable level. We really should have brought on Shingle so I can rant with him for one hour about carriers. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm sure we can get him in the, sometime in the next couple of podcasts. I, I think I actually have some some uh, hot off the presses news. I don't know if he shared this elsewhere at the moment, but uh, I'm sure he will do. He basically has got a date for moving in for his house oh, now. Nice. The deal is is finally done, and he knows exactly when he's going to be able to move in. Uh, sometime later in March. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll give more details on Mingles with Jingles at some point. But he was pretty pleased about that, as you can imagine. So, yeah, hopefully we can get him in once he's settled in yeah, a little bit and gotten his man cave sorted out and all the important things. So, should we... Yeah. I, I, know, I know she's not here. We might have her here next week, but should we give Lady Torpid a, a shout-out anyway? Uh, def definitely. Unfortunately, real life intervened, but uh, maybe we'll we'll get her on next week. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. It's very pesky that real life stuff. Why can't we just all play games? It's not fair. And uh, on that note, I guess we can call it the night. 
So thanks everyone for watching and we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.